Good morning, everyone. On this Sunday morning, we give thanks to God that we can be here together for worship, our sovereign Lord and Savior. May may we be encouraged by the good news of the gospel message today. We warmly welcome all guests joining us this morning. Council has the following announcements. An attestation has been requested by Rose Sape to the Sioux Center United Reformed Church in Iowa. May the Lord bless you in your move, and may you be a blessing to that congregation as well. This morning's worship service will be led by our pastor, Reverend Julius Vance Bronson. And now, in preparation for worship, we will praise our God with the singing of the pre-service song, Hymn 45. rise for worship and lift up our hearts to the Lord. We begin this worship service by together confessing our dependence on the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We'll now sing together Psalm 93, the psalm that praises the Lord as king, also where we rejoice that his word stands firm. Psalm 93, all stanzas.
just saying together that the statutes, decrees of the Lord are dependable and just. We'll now submit our lives to the ten words of the covenant. And as we listen to these ten words, also compare our own lives, things we've done this week to what God has commanded to us and what he's revealed to us about how we should live. In doing this, we also recognize how many ways we've fallen short and how we need Jesus Christ as our Savior. God speaks all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. As we hear these commandments. We also recognize in them the rich treasure. We'll sing of that in Psalm 119, stanzas 4 and 5, recognizing again how these Ten Commandments are good and how they lead us in our redeemed life. Psalm 119, stanzas 4 and 5.
Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, you have revealed to us your holiness and your glory, that you are the creator of heaven and earth, that you have made the world in which we live. You have also shown us the right way to live. We could hear that described to us in the Ten Commandments. We could respond recognizing that this is, these words are from you, that they bring blessing to our lives when we live according to your commandments, that all you have given to us is a most wonderful treasure. As we compare our lives, O Lord, to all that you have revealed, desiring to live according to these commandments, praying that we might be on guard against sin, not stray, we yet recognize, O Lord, in ourselves that we have in many ways strayed from our confession. The thoughts that we had, the things that we've said to others, sometimes without thought, sometimes with desire to harm, to undercut what others think or what they are doing. We have done things, O Lord, that are displeasing in your sight. We've done things not acting out of love for others, for you, but often driven by a love for ourselves, a selfishness, and a pride. As we recognize these things in ourselves, as we confess our sins before you, we do so, O Lord, with sadness in our hearts. Sadness because we know that this is not how we were made to live. Sadness because we know that our sins offend you, caused harm to those around us and also to ourselves. Sadness, O Lord, because we know so much better. We know of your mercy and your grace and your compassion to us. And it is in this mercy and this compassion, O Lord, that we find our hope. It's why we are praying to you, because you have told us. When we come before you in humble submission, when we recognize our need, we cry out to you, you hear us and you answer. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to pay for these very sins that we confess before you. That he died on a cross to bear your wrath against these sins that we deserve. We thank you that we may rejoice in the finished work of Jesus Christ and know that he obeyed these commandments perfectly for us and in our place. That he removed all our guilt. That we can look to you as beloved children, washed clean in Jesus Christ. We praise you, O Lord, for the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, who's, who opens our eyes to see the riches that we have in you who's brought us to desire to worship you. 
And we ask, Father, that you will help us to keep in step with your spirit, to continue to sing the psalm, Psalm 119, that we express continually this desire to live in fellowship with you, the fellowship obtained for us in Jesus Christ who brings peace. We ask that as we turn to your word, you will enlighten our minds that we may understand what we are reading, not only the words we are reading, but also the consequences for our lives, that you will lift our hearts up to see you as our king, to bow before you, that you will lift up our hearts to worship you with all our being. We ask, Father, that you will bless those who are proclaiming this gospel, your servant in this place, also in other places in our city and province and country and the world, as this gospel goes out in so many different circumstances and situations. We thank you that we may know that we are united to fellow believers Though we are sitting in different circumstances and different kinds of buildings and in different climates and different sounds around us, Lord, we know that together we are united in that one faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord. We pray that your name may be glorified and honored. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we'll look at some of the last parables of Matthew 13, the hidden treasure and the pearl of great value. And in connection with that, we'll read some other passages from Matthew and then also from Luke, emphasizing the, the cost of following Jesus. Matthew, the first passage we'll read is from Matthew 10. Verses 21 to 39, in the context of sending out the twelve apostles and warning of persecution, here we hear the Lord Jesus speaking these words, Matthew 10, verse 21, brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the, the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, 
I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. These verses are found before our text. There's also the Lord Jesus teaching after our text. We'll just read a few verses at the end of Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verses 24 to 28. Here the Lord Jesus says, Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And we'll also read from Luke 14, similar theme. Luke 14, verses 25 to 33. Hear the word of the Lord. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore... Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. As far as the reading of Scripture, we'll now sing together Psalm uh, 27, stanzas 1, 2, and 3, which we recognize the Lord as our light and our salvation, the object of our desire. One thing that we desire is to be uh, close to him in, in worship of his name. Psalm 27, stanzas 1, 2, and 3. <clears throat> 